0: Praise the Lord, my friends. Thank you so much for joining this podcast, the podcast of D.A. Smith Ministries. It is my prayer that the word of God that you hear today will bless you, empower you and encourage you. Listen in to the word of God as it is taught and or preached and enjoy this podcast. God bless you. I'm going to do a piece, um, this evening on, um, the Holy Ghost. And, um, that's what I'm going to do, uh, this evening. And you should see that on your screen, um, here this evening. And I'm going to talk about that because that's important. Um, As a altar worker, one, that you have an understanding of the Holy Ghost, two, that you have the gift of the Holy Ghost, and three, that you be able to explain uh, the Holy Ghost, not so much give a sermon on it, not so much give a 30-minute lesson on it at the altar, But at least have a working definition, a working um, understanding that you can give somebody who is seeking or who is in need of God's spirit. So I want to pray now and then I get started with this lesson. Father, we thank you this evening. We praise your name. We ask your God that you help us as we open up your word give us understanding in the name of Jesus we thank you amen all right so the Holy Ghost now um there's many uh uh, things out here that have been uh said and talked about as it pertains to the Holy Ghost that are true and some is not and so hopefully we can clarify some of that today um and you will hear maybe me or other people use Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit interchangeably. They are the same, uh, same, all in the same, uh, because the Bible both uses Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, you will hear more uh, just generally talking. You hear that more around uh, the holiness Pentecostal realm, because it's a little bit more dramatic. Uh, it sounds a little bit more uh, uh, come and get you, Holy Ghost, then Holy Spirit It sounds a little bit more calm and it doesn't threaten people. But it's all the same. It just depends on who you talk to. So um, we will get right into this. Uh, the first thing I want to uh, uh, go to here is who is the Holy Ghost? Who is the Holy Ghost? Who is the Holy Ghost? And notice I asked the question, who is the Holy Ghost? Who is the Holy Ghost? Who is the Holy Ghost? I didn't say what is the Holy Ghost? It's important that, uh, uh, i I'm switch this around here. Excuse me. Um, what is the Holy Ghost? I said, who is the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is not another person. All right? We're getting a good understanding. The Holy Ghost is not another person. He is God in another manifestation. All right? So I want to make sure we understand that the Holy Ghost is not another God. So we're not talking about this is God another God, another form of the God head or anything like that. The Holy Ghost is not another person. The Holy Ghost is God, but just in another manifestation. All right. He's God. It's, it's, he is God in another form. All right. Remember back in Genesis the Bible says the spirit of God moved upon the earth. God was moving by his spirit. Then, okay, then when Jesus came, Jesus was what? God, but he was in flesh. He was just as much God, but he wrapped himself in a human body like ours. Then, we see God being now manifested through by way of the Holy Ghost. So he's God, but in another manifestation. Okay, let's look at this John chapter 14 and verse number 16. It says, and I will pray the Father. And he will give you, listen, another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Jesus, God in the flesh, could not be on the earth forever. It wasn't his assignment to be here forever. But he said, now God is going to send you another form that can abide with you forever then verse 17 says even the spirit of truth so we know that the Holy Ghost is a truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not the world the world has a hard time grasping the Holy Ghost because it can't see it neither know of him but ye know him for what he dwelleth in you and shall be in you verse 18 I will not leave you comfortless. He's saying again, I will come to you. He's telling you, the Holy Ghost is me coming to you. The Holy Ghost is me. It's not another person. It's not a whole different God. It's me. I'm coming back to you. I will come to you. Go down to verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Holy Ghost has a name, Jesus. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. All right, this is just further supporting that the Holy Ghost is God in another manifestation. Let's look at another scripture. Flip over to John 15. Verse 26, but when the comforter is come, listen, whom I will send unto you from the Father. I want you to listen at the language because this this supports that when you're talking about God, you're talking about Jesus. When you talk about Jesus, you're talking about the Holy Ghost. Because one time he's saying, the father's going to sin. Then he says, I'm going to sin. You see that? He's talking about the same person. If you listen to his language, he's really talking about the same person. He's not talking about three different people. He's talking about the same person. 15 and 26 says, when the confidence come, whom I will send unto you from the father. Because, Because God always wants A representation of him. He wants somebody. Always with you. Whether it be in bodily form. Or whether it be in spirit form. Even the spirit of truth. Which proceedeth from the father. Jesus was manifest in flesh. Proceeded where? From God. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of God. It proceeds. He proceeds from God. Which proceeded from the father. He shall testify of me Let's keep going John 16 and 7 I want to drill it in I want to make sure you get it Nevertheless I tell you the truth It is expedient for you That I go away Just Jesus talking For if I go not away Then the comforter Which is the Holy Ghost Will not come unto you But if I depart I will send him unto you. And I believe this is the last one. John 20. Verse 21. Then Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father have sent me, even so send I you. See, he's saying the Father sent him. God manifested in flesh. Even so, send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. You're going to hear about that some more in the near future. He breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, that was prophetic, what he did. That they did not receive the Holy Ghost right then. That was just a prophetic unction. That was a prophetic move. He told them, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. So now, we know who the Holy Ghost is, right? We know he's not another God. He's basically another manifestation of God, he's God's spirit inside of me. That's what that's who he is. So, the question now may be, how do I receive the Holy Ghost? Or even, can I receive? Because some people teach the Holy Ghost is not for now, that it was just for the Bible days. Some people teach, some people say that when you come to the altar and get saved and you give your life to Christ, you give the preacher your hand, God your heart, automatically. Bam, you got the Holy Ghost. It doesn't quite work that way. Doesn't quite work the way. Remember, I said that Jesus breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. But that particular time was not when they received the Holy Ghost. That was a prophetic announcement over them that was to get them ready, that was to prepare them. But he remember he said the conference is not even gonna come until I leave. He hadn't even left. So we know they didn't receive it right then. That that cancels out that teaching that you that you receive right then. They didn't receive it right then. So let's see. How can we can, how can I receive it? Let me first tell you. The Holy Ghost is a gift. Go to Acts 2, 38. Acts 2 and 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You can tell by Jesus' language that this was something that he was willingly going to give. Peter confirms and reaffirms that the Holy Ghost he's a gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. but note something here: the first thing <clears throat> Peter says here is repent repentance is key to receiving the Holy Ghost does not dwell in unclean temple so what does that mean I have to do something I have to repent you got somebody at the altar or even in your own life and and they want to receive the Holy Ghost it is no need of, of spending 30 minutes with them if they have not repented the Holy Ghost ain't coming to them He's just not. He's not. You wasting time. The first thing is repentance, and that's simply, Father, forgive me, Father. I'm sorry, Lord, for all of my sins, and help me to change. I'm changing my mind. If you help me to change my ways, that's repentance. That's repent. A broken spirit, a contrite heart. That's repentance. If there's no repentance, there can be no receiving. All right? Now, sometimes people get baptized first before they receive. That's fine. But there will be no receiving before they be in a repentance. Remember that. If you remember that about your own life or whoever life, you'll go far. Okay? Repentance is key to receiving. Now, there's enough there's something that go along with that it's called the new birth experience we know the scripture john chapter three and don't worry we're going to open up the line for questions so if you have a question something you need clarity on write it down so we can come back to you i want to answer all questions that you may have i only have one more slide after this i'm not going to um dump a lot on you because really the word talks by itself so um i will come back to your questions at the end john chapter 3 verse number 1 there was a man of the pharisees named nicodemus a ruler of the jews the same came to jesus by night and said unto him rabbi we know that thou art a teacher come from god for no man can do these in miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, listen, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter, to the, enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of water. What do you think that is? Baptism. Born of water. And of the capital S, spirit. Born of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. This is your new birth experience. Being born of the water, being born of of the spirit being born of the water, being born of the spirit. That's the new birth experience. Verse number eight says The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh and where it goeth. So is every one that is born of the spirit. Let me read that in the Amplified Version. John 3 and 8. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Someone who's born of the Spirit, you don't know. You can't. You can't. Um, what's the word I'm trying to use? You can't control it. You can't control the wind. You can't. You can't control the Spirit. All right, but. It comes in on you, it just moves you. you can't control it. you cannot control it, but you hear it. it's it's got a sound it's got a a feel it's got a it's got a sound it it's got a particular sound, and that is likened unto something that we'll talk about in a little bit okay receiving the Holy Ghost is likened unto a baptism. Go to Matthew three and eleven. Matthew three and eleven says, I indeed baptize you with water. This is John, ta- uh, this is uh, Matt, uh, this is John talking. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I told you that sounds more Pentecostal. Holy Ghost and fire. He shall baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. He shall immerse you with it. Take over you control you he shall completely submerge you with this thing when the holy ghost um, comes into you your life he's supposed to completely take over you just take you under you have no control you get what i'm saying it's it's a complete control under the complete control of the holy ghost that's that baptism of the holy ghost where you have no control over anything. I'm talking about initially when it happens and thereafter, just the complete, you're under the complete control of the Holy Ghost. That's why that scripture said, you you can't tell the, the, the wind where it's blowing, but there's a sound, there's a sound, there's a sound, okay? The day of Pentecost is our example of the receiving of the Holy Ghost. I want you to go to Acts chapter two. Verse number one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Bible says fully come because you remember that Pentecost was not a new thing. Uh, they had these feasts all the time. they had uh these these feasts year year in year out, okay but when Pentecost was fully come, what made it um the experience was what the event of that day was. you understand when Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. All right, so let's catch this. What's, what's got to be the ingredient here? Prior to this, Jesus had told them as he got ready to go, he said, I'm getting ready to go now. Remember what I told you, the has come. I want you to go to Jerusalem, tarry and wait for it. So this is what they did. After they had left From gazing up in the sky, they made their way into the city. They went into an upper room, and they began to be unified and wait. But they did not just waiting, sitting there playing cards. They were unified. They began to unify. They were waiting for the promise. What does that tell us? They had faith. They believed him that it was coming. You cannot receive the Holy Ghost if you don't believe. You got to believe that you're going to receive. You got to believe. Now, how do I put my faith to work? How do I put my faith to work? Remember, it's no good just to believe something. You got to put some work with it. I begin to praise God. That's what I do while I'm waiting. I praise God. I thank him. I don't just sit there uh, stand there and just look around and see what everybody else is doing but while i'm there waiting on the promise i'm believing for the promise to come for the holy ghost to come i begin to thank him thank you jesus hallelujah thank you jesus hallelujah i don't worry about what's around me i don't worry about who's in front of me i close my eyes i lift my hands and see my lifting of the hands is surrender to him i'm 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 not going to be in control of this, okay? I'm not going to be in control of this. I want the Holy Ghost to take full control. I'm going to yield up my control. I begin to praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, as an altar worker, it's not your job. It's not your job to uh, yell at the person or tell them, necessarily repeatedly this is what you say what you do because that's a distraction but you do lead them and say you got to praise him honey you got to pray you can you can give guidance in that fashion give god praise but you don't want to yell at them or tell them you know come on say this say that that's that's distracting and it gets them out out of the mindset of believing God for themselves to just following a command. Now, um, if they really want to receive the Holy Ghost, their heart is is prepped and it won't take long to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It won't take long. You just start praising God and it doesn't take long. Remember, this is a gift. It's nothing you have to work for. You don't have to sweat for it. This is a gift. God gives you the Holy Ghost. You don't have to work for the Holy Ghost. I say anytime a person has to work that hard, one, they don't really want it. Two, then they don't believe. The Holy Ghost is a gift. Just like I would give you a gift at Christmas. What you do, you just reach out and receive it. If I tell you, Minister um, uh, Hall, L Hall, I have a gift for you, you come by and get it. When, by, when you get in your car and you are expecting when you come to my house, what? That I have a gift for you because I told you already I have a gift for you. You already have that in your mind. That's your expectation. So you're coming to get the gift. So, what do you do? You come to my house. You come looking. You come expecting. And you come prepared. Now, all right, I'm not going to let... I'm not going to be distracted. I'm going to get the gift that Eldest Dan said he had for me. You understand? All right, and it's just that easy. It's exchange. And it's exchange. All right? Verse number uh, two says, and suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as of a rash wind. Remember, we talked about that sound, that sound, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire. It's something about that Holy Ghost in fire. And it set upon them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. And that leads us to our next point. How will I know? How will I know that I have received the Holy Ghost? How will I know that someone on the altar has received the Holy Ghost? How will I know? I mean, because I thought, I have, I thought, I'm saying, I'm talking to General. <clears throat> I thought I just come up and I, and I just repeat sinner's prayer. And I say I want to join the church and I got it now. Now go sit down. Not really. Remember, it has to be, it's an experience. Just like Dan, the Pentecost, there was an experience. There was actually an experience that took place. How will I know? How will I know? There's always an evidence. There's always evidence. Anything God does, he leaves a trail. He leaves proof of it. When he came back from being resurrected, and Thomas said, I won't believe it lest I see the nail prints in your hand, and the nail prints was still there, he always leaves evidence <laughs> He always leave evidence. So what's the evidence? Tongues. The initial sign that the disciples had received the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost was they spoke in tongues. This is not to be confusing. I'm not going to get lost with this. This is not to be accused with the, confused with the gift of tongues. However, you can't operate in the gift of tongues or any gift of the spirit if you don't first have the spirit all right there's some people saying they prophesying but they don't have the Holy Ghost. How can you prophesy if you don't have now you can you can operate in witchcraft you can operate in other things, but it ain't from the Holy Ghost and check first Corinthians twelve out. When you get a chance, verse eight through ten talks about the gifts of the Spirit. It's just like this: when you sign up for a class, some classes it won't let you take because you haven't had the prerequisite. You got to have the base first in order to take the other classes. Same thing here: can't operate in a gift of of uh, laying on of hands, the gift of this, the gift of that. Uh, gift of healing if you don't have the base not to say you can't be used of god but because everybody has a place and an assignment but there's certain gifts that require him living inside his spirit okay so Acts chapter 2, verse 4. We just read it. What was the first thing that happened when they received the gift of the Holy Ghost? Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues. You know, if that was the only scripture, then I would be like, hmm, that was just a rare occurrence. But let's go to Acts chapter 10. Verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Ghost is for everybody, anybody want it? Jew, Gentile, black, white, Baptist, AME, uh, Me, anybody. There's no discrimination. He said, poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they <clears throat> heard them, what? Speak with tongues and magnify God. That's how they knew they had it. Acts chapter 19. Begin at verse number uh, five. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's baptism in Jesus' name. Verse number six. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongue and prophesied. Now, they didn't prophesy until the Holy Ghost came upon them. So that's that's one of the evidences, Tom. And somebody, you know, may say, well, uh, you may get this question as you do altar work or as you do other work. I thought I had the Holy Ghost. Am I not qualified to uh sing on the choir? God uses God uses people. Where they are Because one thing that we all were created to do Was praise him We all were created to worship him And it's through our service to him That we Get closer to him And if you get close enough That's when transformation starts to take place I'm going to tell you a testimony about me I was preaching, let's see, I started preaching February 9, 1997, and it wasn't until 20, 2002 that I got filled with those, but I, was, I had already been preaching. Well, how many years was that? Uh, well, you do the math. Been preaching, been going from city to city, town to town, and it wasn't that, and I'm going to tell you what it was. My, my ma- maternal grandmother, they were um, Pentecostal, or whatever. And she'd always taught me and told me ever since I was young, boy, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. I said, I got the Holy Ghost. And She said, no, you don't. I said, yes, I do. And see, I would go to that church all the time, like twice, two, three, four times a month. It was uh, full gospel in Burgos. And... Um, I would go there and it was just that was Holy Ghost central and but I didn't understand I wasn't taught and so she couldn't tell me I didn't have it and I was offended I mean I was offended by what she was saying but I didn't know I didn't know so I was just preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching whatever and <clears throat> The Lord was using me, I thought, I felt like, because I was operating for where I was with the grace and the ability he was giving me, right? With the grace and the ability he was giving me, but when I came into the knowledge of the truth, okay, and his word opened up to me and I had that experience, something happened. Like, something changed It just Like, in 2002 Everything It just changed Like, I can't even Explain it I could tell a difference I could tell a difference And I went to a tent meeting with her With my grandma that night it, it, uh, Bishop Rayford Hankins I went to a tent meeting with her and she'd been talking to me about it, talking to me about it. And finally that night, amongst all the mosquitoes and everything, I said, You know what? I'ma get it tonight. She said what she wanna. And so I rode on the church van over there to the tent. And um I went up there and I just lifted my hands. And I just the presence of God was just there and I just began to thank God and praise God. And I don't know what happened in my grandma said in five minutes, she said, boy, you turned just red as red a, as a hot red pepper. And the Holy Ghost just came on me. I began to speak in other tongues. And there you have it. I didn't think it could be until it happened to me. You ever heard that song? I didn't think it could be until it happened to me. So that's that's the evidence. But there's another one that I want to tell you about. Fruit. You don't hear this a lot, and I'm wrapping up. You don't hear about this a lot. You hear about the tongues, cause everybody got a tongue now. But this one you don't hear about a lot. Fruit. Fruit is the ongoing evidence of the Holy Ghost. I mean, of a Holy Ghost filled person is that they bear fruit of the Spirit. Tongues are good, but fruit should come with it. You should have the same qualities and characteristics of the person who is, whose spirit is now living inside of you. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. You know it by heart. The fruit of the spirit is <coughs> love, joy, so forth and so on. The fruits of spirit. All right, you will find that it's easier to be long suffering, have peace, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, so forth and so on. When the spirit is actually inside, you can bear that fruit because that's the spirit is living inside. The fruit of it is because the tree is there. The tree is not there, you can't get the fruit. Not saying you can't be a nice person, not saying you can't be a sweet person, not saying you can't be a patient person, but it becomes a lot easier when you have that tree in you. Tree, speaking of likening unto the Holy Ghost. So that's my little piece tonight. <music> i you.